Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese, And I'm Laura Brodnick. And this week, influencer Jade Tankdurak has come under fire for using her influence to secure a refund from a small business. But some people had a bit to say about it and it wasn't quite the good news story she'd hoped for. Today, we dig into the details and discuss how our feelings towards influencers may have changed. But before we delve into that scandalous, sexy soup, we have the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Get your torches ready with just under a week until the new season of Survivor premieres. Network 10 has finally revealed who the castaways are and plot twist in an Aussie first. We're going to see pairs, so close families and friends, competing against each other for the title of sole survivor in Blood vs. Water. For the first time on Australian Survivor, they will be playing with a member of their own family. Playing Survivor with your spouse is a very dangerous idea. But the good thing is if one of us wins, we both win. As brothers playing in the game, we've got this bond that's unbreakable. I love my sister so much, but out here, you're going to have to take out your loved one at some stage. Will blood prove to be thicker than water? Or will the deepest bonds be broken? Okay, let's get to these castaways after that dramatic introduction. So we've got Sandra Diaz-Twine and Nina Twine. So Sandra is a two-time winner of American Survivor. She's looking for a third win, and this time she's playing alongside daughter Nina. I was so excited to see this duo back, husband and wife Mark Wales and Samantha Gash. So they actually met on season two of Survivor and fell in love. They're now married. They have a son, Henry. They're super cute. Follow them on Insta. They're returning for a second try, and it's pretty ironic because because in season two, they were actually voted off because they were seen as too much of a power couple and they're both really strong physically, so definitely going to be competitive. We have in-laws Michael Crocker and Chrissy Zambera. Sports people would know. So, Laura Brodnick, sorry, this one isn't for you. Sorry, not Michael me. Michael <laughs> is an NRL legend. He retired back in 2013 and he's playing alongside his sister-in-law, Chrissy. We have siblings Khan and Amy Ong. Yes, that Khan, the Khan from my MasterChef is playing alongside his sister Amy, who's a beautician, and she's looking to have her time in the spotlight. We have an influencer in the mix. Sophie Keisha is playing alongside her sister KJ. KJ is a former flight attendant and Survivor super fan, so they're hoping that KJ's knowledge of the game mixed with Sophie's kind of like business skills will help them get to the end. And finally, perhaps the most awkward pairing for me as an outsider, I'm sure it's fine for them. But Alex and Jay. So Alex first met Jay when he began dating his rather famous sister, 
Has anyone heard of Sam Frost? Yeah. So Alex is Sam Frost's brother. Jay is her ex-boyfriend and they're competing in Survivor together. So I'm pretty confused about how that's going to work and hopefully we'll get some juicy goss about Sam along the way. So Australian Survivor Blood vs. Water premieres on January 31st, 7.30pm on 10 and 10 play. And just a warning before we start this next segment that it deals with sexual assault. It might be triggering for some listeners. If you need assistance, please call 1-800-RESPECT. So that's 1-800-737-738. Which is the National Sexual Assault, Domestic and Family Violence Counseling Service. So last year, actress Evan Rachel Wood accused her former partner, musician Marilyn Manson, of abuse. And now, in a really shocking new documentary, she's actually made further and more disturbing allegations against him. So part one of the new documentary film called Phoenix Rising premiered this weekend as part of the very fancy Sundance Film Festival. And in it, Evan, who is interviewed along with other people, says that she was groomed into an abusive relationship with Marilyn, who was originally born Brian Warner from about mid-2006 until 2011. And she alleges in the documentary that being with him was like being pulled into a cult and she had no control over what was going on. And one of the most troubling claims from the documentary is that Evan alleges that Marilyn essentially raped her during filming for his 2007 music video, Heart-Shaped Glasses, which she actually filmed when she was only 19 years old. So in the documentary, she says, we had discussed a simulated sex scene, but once the cameras were rolling, he started penetrating me for real. I had never agreed to that. I'm a professional actress. I've been doing this my whole life. I've never been on a set that unprofessional in my whole life up until this day. I was coerced into a commercial sex act under false pretenses. And that's when the first crime was committed against me. I was essentially raped on camera. She went on to say that she felt disgusting and that she had done something shameful by being with him. It was a textbook domestic violence relationship. When I read about domestic violence, it's like reading an autobiography. The message I want to get out now is I want to name them, but I can't. I think domestic violence was, is so normalized and was normalized to me that uh, I couldn't see a crime being committed when it was being committed. I just didn't know. I was so young. I didn't know, you know, that you could be raped by your partner. And even if I did know that, I don't think I would have thought that anybody would ever believe me because how do you prove that? Part of the conditioning when you're in that relationship is believing that it's your fault and that you've done something to deserve this. So Evan is actually among 15 other women who have accused Marilyn of sexual assault and three separate lawsuits have now been filed against him. We should also say that Marilyn Manson has, since those first allegations, always denied that any of this took place, and he's actually called all the allegations horrible distortions of reality, although he has not replied to any requests for comment in terms of this new documentary. So the full documentary, Phoenix Rising, will be released in March. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. 
It's the local influencer scandal that has gripped the nation. Well, not really, but it's highlighted a very interesting conversation. So it all kicked off on Thursday when popular influencer Jade Tankdurak appealed to her fans on Instagram to help recoup a $2,000 deposit that she'd put down on a gorgeous property in the Hunter Valley after she had to postpone her March 2022 wedding to her fiancé and fellow influencer Lockie Bricky due to COVID, and this was back in August. So in a series of Instagram stories to her almost half a million followers, Jade name-checked and tagged luxury property management company Weekender, saying that when she'd asked for a refund, Weekender declined, saying, quote, they said the best that they could do was put it back up online to be booked by someone else. Six weeks out of the booking, we've asked again for a refund, which they've denied. They've had months to refund us for a booking we don't need. They're taking our money just because they can. She then went on to say that it was incredibly poor form and so disappointing, adding that businesses were taking advantage of people in the middle of a pandemic. Really soon after posting, Jade then updated her followers with a picture of her smiling and the caption saying that they had agreed to refund them for their stay and thanking fans for their help. But unfortunately, it's not really where the story ends because Aussie influencer account Celeb Spellcheck caught wind of this and reposted the screenshots of her post with the caption, congratulations on not reading the terms and conditions. And from there, it really spiraled. The post kind of went viral and people were going off in the comments kind of criticizing her for calling out a small business, especially one in an industry like tourism that's been hit so hard by COVID. Laura Brunick, I was so shocked when I pitched this this morning to learn that you too had been following along because I wasn't sure this was high brow enough for you. Well, look, sometimes I can be trashy along with everyone else. But no, I don't think this story is trashy because I think like, yes, obviously there's a lot of name calling and nastiness going on, but the spillers aren't like that. So I think they will always appreciate the other side of the conversation. But I think this story, it's like the thing everyone's talking about in their group chat. It's the thing everyone's following along because yes, it's always a little bit scandalous to see an influencer go through some drama. But I think because it's to do with COVID and business and how people conduct themselves online, it's also opened up this big conversation of how we see influences. So that's kind of my interest in it along with the drama. Right, exactly. And I think that because the kind of tone of people's reaction really changed, it resulted in like Weekender having 5,000 new followers. So since then, they've kind of revealed in a post thanking all their new followers that they really struggled between that year, that there was a period of time they hadn't paid themselves. And even as a thank you to the new followers, they're now running a competition to win the property that Jade was meant to stay at, which is a little bit lol, right? But today they've released the email exchange to Daily Mail so we could like really get a look at kind of the tone of the emails, which had been alluded to by Pete Smith, who is the CEO of the company. And what people are kind of getting angry about is because they've seen how it's really unraveled in real time because the CEO, Paul Smith, did kind of allude to the fact that she had been difficult over email, what he called as difficult. And basically, they had revealed that it was actually booked through Airbnb, that Airbnb takes a large chunk of it, and that because the daughter of Pete, poor guy, follows Jade, he had offered the cancellation request so someone else could hopefully book it before and then they'd recoup their money. But then it kind of got to the point where she's like, I'm going to bring in fair trading, et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of resulted in her having to take a little bit of a break from Instagram because people are really fired up. So what do we think? 
I mean, look, I feel like Peter Jackson will make a three-part trilogy about this one day. All the pieces are there. <laughs> but I've got to say, I mean, first of all, I think there's almost two separate issues here. So I actually think the email release is a bit icky, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And also really shouldn't be part of the bigger conversation because, I mean, I did read those released emails along with everyone else. And although the language she's using isn't great, I think someone personally contacting a business and demanding refunds and all that sort of stuff is an issue of being a bad customer not a bad influencer, but I think where this kind of made itself fall into public conversation, into the public domain where we can speak about it is where she actually asked her followers to go after this small business and harass them. And obviously, you know, we can agree that that's the wrong thing to do. But what I thought was interesting is the language she used and why she might have thought it was okay and why maybe even a few years ago, this definitely would have been taken as a very different kind of story. And I think because she was using terms to her followers you know, like we're in COVID, they can't treat people like this, we have to be understanding. Everyone's had to cancel plans, you know, businesses should be supportive of that. And she was using language that we've all tried to use throughout the pandemic when talking about how to treat each other or what to do, that sort of thing. But she used that language in a way that wasn't because she didn't come out as the underdog, if that makes sense, because the business itself was the underdog by being a small tourism operator during the worst time in the world to be a small tourism operator. And I think that's why people saw through it. I think if she'd posted this a few years ago, even if she was still in the wrong, her followers still would have rallied around her. But in this case, it's almost like another sign that influencer culture has changed so much over the last year that there's no way for them to post in the way that they're used to. Oh, yeah, for sure. It definitely has to change, especially after a global pandemic. But I think, like, she almost kind of solved her issue for herself. Like, she almost pointed out why she shouldn't have done it in one of her responses after Celeb Spellcheck posted. And she said that as a last resort, she took to social media to kind of post about it and kind of said to all of the people that were getting into her DMs being really negative and mean, like, don't act like you all wouldn't sit at home and try to get the refund yourselves. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. But that's where we would have stopped. Like, I mean, some people would have actually, some people (laughs) would have put on their like personal thing, but someone with a big following wouldn't have done that. Like, and as I was prepping this morning for this, I was actually horrified because this literally happened to me very recently. What, you asked your followers to go after someone? No, no, no. (laughs) I, I, I bought two dresses. I didn't have enough time to try them on. I'm pregnant, unsure of sizing. I was like, I'll just return the second one. Went back two days later and they were like, you can't, it was on sale. And I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, I was like quite annoyed about it, right? But I did not then post it to my Instagram, nor would I have dared to because literally there would have been some bloody claw somewhere that meant legally it wouldn't have been okay. But I think the fact that you're trying to fight back against the claws and you're going after the little person in the transaction, like it was booked through Airbnb who are notorious for not giving refunds. So it's almost weird that she then decided to kind of go after Weekender And I think that's where she went wrong because no one has any patience with people who are trying to call out small businesses. It just doesn't really sit well with us, especially I also think when you're saying that as you're posting luxury clothing and bags and things like that, it's hard to kind of drum up sympathy from people who obviously have also too fallen victim to not being able to get refunds back during COVID. Like I had that when I had my 24-hour stint in Melbourne last year and I had to cop it because I chose to book some accommodation at a really 
you know, scary time. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is not to defend her, but there definitely is precedent for this sort of thing. I mean, how often have you been scrolling through the cesspool that is Twitter and you've seen like celebrities or people with big followings calling out, particularly airlines in America, I find, when they can't get someone on the phone or people in Australia, I see doing it to phone companies and stuff like that. And you can see that someone automatically answers them very quickly on Twitter because they can see it starting to build in their followers and people retweeting and sharing. So I think there's definitely precedent for that and that's probably why she thought. But those are really big companies. No, I know. That's not, but I'm saying I can feel like someone would look at that and think that that could translate then to what they were doing on Instagram because right. they've seen it happen. But it's obviously there's difference between who you're calling out and who your followers are. But I think when I was kind of watching this unfold and watching the conversation around it, it made me think of that episode that we did Right back when the pandemic was first kicking off two years ago today. That's an anniversary you don't want to. Are you in serious? In Australia, yeah. Apparently today's the two-year anniversary of COVID coming to Australia. So that's nice. Should have got you a gift. <laughs> but we did that episode on celebrity culture is burning and how celebrities can't act the same way they used to in terms of showing off their opulence and their wealth. And I think in the last two years that's become a real thing for celebrities where they've changed how they act on social media. But the reason influencers are getting such a roasting particular the last few months is that they can't really like influencing and showing off their lifestyles it's not like they can go off and film a movie and just talk about that or go and release new music and that sort of thing like showing off their life online is their bread and butter you know pretty much every influencer in Australia has tried to pivot a little bit and make their Instagram page a bit more kind of up with the times and you know try and make it a bit more you know, in line with what people are talking about, but there's only so much they can do without completely censoring their content. And so they're in this kind of weird place where they represent everything that we currently hate about the world. And not all influencers, obviously, but, you know, opulence, wealth, that sort of thing. You know, people think they don't work very hard, that they didn't suffer during the pandemic. That might not all be true, but I think because people have been suffering for two years, Instagram influencers in particular have become a real target. And people are now so geared towards what they're doing, but they can't change their content enough not to be in that business anymore. And I think every time we see an example like what's happened with Jade here, it just influences that idea that the conversation around people who make their living on social media has just completely changed. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Are you looking for something to listen to next? Okay, I've got a look. Reco for you. Why not try Mamma Mia's podcast for your wardrobe? What are you wearing? Each week, host Denny and Tamara discuss what's happening in the world of fashion and answer listener questions. In this episode, they give us a lowdown on capsule wardrobes. Take a listen. I would love to know from you as a minimalist who has a wardrobe full of these capsule pieces does it ever get boring or do you ever think like i need to insert the silhouette of those capsule styles and potentially in different colors and prints like how can you take the foundation and the concept of a capsule wardrobe and zhuzh it up a bit yeah look i think that's pretty much what i aim to do like my style ethos is start with the basics and add accessories or add things that inspire you when Mm. you get dressed find what are you wearing in your podcast app this episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Gia Moylan with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.